4 p.m., stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I'm Brother L.D. Azobra, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. going to be going back, doing some reflection today, reminiscing, and also giving you some historical information on something that happened in Baton Rouge, Louisiana in 1972. There's a lot of different accounts of what happened, how it happened, but we do know there was a loss of lives that day, but there were some men who showed up to make a difference, to make an impact on their community. No one knew who these men were. But they showed up and they called themselves the Black Muslims. So that was a little over 50 years ago. These men showed up in Baton Rouge, told the people in the community that they was going to give them their city back. No one knew what to anticipate until that dreadful day when several people was killed. Well, I got individuals that was there, that was a part of it, that talked to, that spoke with the men on several occasions about why they was there. The men who was there that day on North Street in front of the, the Temple Masonic Lodge building. This is where everything took place at. In nine, in January, on January the 10th, 1972. You know, you're gonna hear from different people about what had happened, how it happened. Now the strange thing about it, no one has said, any, said much about it since then. No one has, you know, brought up about what had happened 50 years ago. It kind of like just got swept under the rug. But you know, but Count Time is here to share, to expose, to encourage the community about things, the, 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 about the present, the past, and our future, on where we should be going, how we should work together, how the community should come together. So we want to make sure that you understand these things that happen right, right in the front of your eyes that you saw, many saw, many, many experienced, but very few are talking about it. But we want to make sure that we bring this back, like the 50 year, uh, I ain't gonna say anniversary of Smith and Brown, Leonard, Leonard Brown and Denver Smith, who was killed on Southern University campus later that year. So we want to make sure that we have the anniversary of these men who came to Pat Rouge to fight and to stand for the, their, their community. But guess what? In 1972, North Street in Baton Rouge, Louisiana was the hot spot for the African people of, people of African descent in the Baton Rouge area. With Southern University uh, down not far from it, uh, but that was this place that everybody went to enjoy themselves, to shop, to uh, support their communities. Y'all used, used to call North Boulevard at that time the Strip, huh? That's where everything was. It was. It was the Strip. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And after that, it really became more developed. Yep. Yep. The South Thirteenth Street. You know all of that. That was all right there. South Thirteenth Street, nine Eddie Robinson um, uh, uh, Boulevard. Right. Yeah. So what? What? What other business they had on uh, thirty on uh, North Boulevard at that time? Lord, you had the clubs, all the clubs. You had the, you had the um, 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 all nightclubs up and down South 13th Street. You had um, I'm trying to think the restaurant. It, it, it later became Rose and Thomas, but before it was Rose and Thomas, it was another uh, um, um, I forgot restaurant there. Go there to eat. But you had uh, Ross Cafe right next to the Triple Theater. Uh, you had um, the nightclub, the Ted, oh, Ted Crown Barbershop. That was right there on North Boulevard. You had Club Palladium. And then you go down the street, you had the Peppermint Club. Peppermint Club. <laughs> Peppermint Club was right, uh, right after you crossed the railroad track. 
um, at the corner of 15th and North Boulevard, and then you go further down, you head uh, the Glass Hat and uh, the Blue Room. <laughs> and the Blue, not, uh, not the Blue Room, it was um, the Bull. They called it, uh, then it, it changed names a couple of times, but it was uh, the Bull, the Blue Bull, uh, Rock's Golden Bull. All oh, yeah, a bunch of clubs. Oh yeah, most, it, most most club. you can go up down. You go from North Boulevard, and I live right around the corner on our 26th Convention. And so you go down North Boulevard from the 2600 block on North Boulevard all the way up to 10th Street, which is now the way right at the interstate. And right there on South 12th Street, you had Club Esquire. Yeah, Dottie's restaurant. Dottie's restaurant was where they served um, uh, the Peking duck. Yeah, Peking duck. And yeah, I remember that. Best duck, and people came all around the country to come eat their their Peking duck right there, Dottie's. Yeah, I remember that. Cause I remember he moved that thing into the what what, they, what that downtown area they call that again? Shucks, I forgot. Um, it, it was um. <clears throat> when he when he when he that thing downtown, he moved it down there. Oh yeah, they moved it, and that, that was uh, it, it. never was the same. Now it went down after you know, that. It went that, down. That never, never was the same. And 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 Tabby Thomas laid on at his blues box right there at the corner of uh, 13th. That was before his name it around 13th and North Boulevard, and. Uh, when they moved Tabby Thomas, when they put that overpass there and, and, and had him to move downtown and told him all that, it wasn't the same. Because the people like to go in what you call uh, the little best box uh, club and sit there. And, you know? They said the smaller club, the bigger the party. Huh? <laughs> yeah, they call it the hole in the wall. Yeah. They love to go there. Yeah. But when you go downtown and stuff, well, first of all, the overhead was more. And you and, and 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 you you couldn't survive, but right there on 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 thirteenth, you know, and it's something I love to come right there, walk in there, uh, bring the uh, 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 some of them bring their own little chair that they gonna bring and sit and pick on their guitar, or whatever, and that was a tabby blues box. You could come sit in anytime. Yep. No, so either. Hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty doggone good. Mm-hmm. So that so bad so Baton Rouge, that was that was the hot spot in Baton Rouge, North Boulevard. North the strip was the hot spot. I guess it was twenty so twenty years or so ago, not quite twenty years, they put an overpass on North Street. Where you have to bypass the area where all this took place at. You got you cross over it now. So if they wanted to put an overpass, should have been put on Florida Boulevard or Government Street because those are the busiest areas in the, the, where all the businesses are at. So to put the overpass on North Street to this day didn't make any sense. So you go figure. Was this, was this another cover-up of the system to close out that chapter that happened in Baton Rouge in 1972? Well, this is the way it always ends up, seems like. But to this day, the Temple Theater it's closed. All the businesses on that area, for the most part, is closed. There are very, very few businesses in that area now. And the Temple Theater or the Temple Masonic Lodge still stands, but it's about to fall apart. So maybe we need to revise that Temple Masonic Lodge. Well, how would the how would the the Masonic Brothers, the Mason Brothers, let their lodge go to uh, go to ruins? Where? Without any further ado, we gonna move forward here and we gonna open up with these brothers who was there, who saw, who went, saw, heard, and have their story to tell and their story to share about what happened 50 years ago. They were there, they experienced it, they saw what happened. So we gonna first start out here with Mr. Moses Williams. But y'all went full circle because, you know, it, you know, one time you protecting your community. Right. You worrying about right. 
not really crime in your community, but the injustice that was happening right. against the people in your community. Right. Now, when that, when that thing happened down there on what street that was? Uh, North Boulevard. North Boulevard. Mm -hmm. What happened on North Boulevard? Well. Were you, were you there at that time? It's That, that thing started uh, prior to Thanksgiving. Um, Linwood West, who was a dear friend of mine, he's gone now. Uh, he was also a member of the uh, militants. And he came to me, he said, hey man, he said, uh, there's some new Muslim brothers in town. I said, really? He said, yeah, you hadn't seen them? I said, no. He said, well, let's take a ride. And we saw these brothers just standing on the corner, dressed in full suits, bow tie. And I said, what are they doing? Selling papers and bean pies up? He said, nope. I said, what? He said, they're standing there. I said, okay, well, let's find out what this is all about. So we found out that the local Muslims didn't know them. And they knew that they were Muslims, and that's all. They didn't know, and the brothers had went to the, the, the Muslim temple here and introduced themselves. Uh, so one day, uh, maybe about three, four days later. Okay, and they still? They still here in town. They still serve at the same place. Right, well, they moved around to different places. Okay. Uh, they told some people that they were here for a demonstration. So four or five of them came to my office at the Community Advancement at the uh, Service Center. Uh, Linwood brought them, and they said they wanted to meet me. And I said, okay, maybe we can get to the bottom of this to find out what these brothers are all about. So the uh, minister who was with them, his name was uh, Samuel Upton. And he introduced himself, and uh, he said, you Moses. I said, yeah, he said, nice to meet you, bro. He said, that's a good name. He said, I wanted to meet you because Moses, that was a great leader. I said, yeah. I know. He said, well, I guess he said, you guys want to know why we're in town. I said, well, yeah, you know, we're trying to figure that out. He said, well, he said, we're here for demonstrating. We're here to show you uh, what white folks are doing to black folks. We're here to de we came here to die. I said, yeah, what y'all plan to do, man? I mean, you know. <laughs> he told I mean, you yeah. straight up, they come here to die. Yeah. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, we came here to die. He said, we're going to show you what white folks do to black folks when they demonstrate. He said, because what we want to do, we want to, we're gonna, we want to meet with your mayor and tell your mayor why we're here and what we, wanna, what we want for black people. And I said, okay, uh, and just how you plan to do this? He said, well, we're going to block off North Boulevard at the corner of North Boulevard and 13th Street and demand the mayor come and talk to us so that we can tell the mayor that we want equal treatment for black people in this city and we will settle for nothing else. I say, well, <laughs> you, 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 you brothers armed, you know, y'all, he said, no, sir, we don't carry weapons. He said, uh, I would like to invite you to uh, take a little journey with me. I want to take you to my hotel. And I want, there are some things I want to show you and I can explain to you more. I agreed to that. We went to the hotel. There was a hotel, there was a Lakeshore Civic Center it used to be down by the state capitol. And the hotel was right next door. We went up to their hotel room. I think they were on about the fourth floor. And each door we, when we got to that floor, we saw that each door in each room was open. And as we passed by the room, we could see someone, uh, uh, the Muslim women in there, making clothes. And each room, they were making something different. They were making suits, they were making bow ties, uh, vests, uh, the whole nine yards for, you know, a three-piece suit. And uh, he said, uh, now, Brother Moses, he said, uh, these clothes they're making? He said, you know why they're making these clothes? I said, well, yeah, so you brothers can look sharp and y'all come back out. I said, no. He said, these clothes we're going to be buried in. He said, because we know they're going to kill us. And we want y'all to come there and watch us die for you. Oh, man. And I was like, I said, man, you got to be kidding me. He said, no, I'm not kidding. He said, now, he said, now that you've seen this, he said, here's what I want you to do for me. I want you to do me one more favor. Uh, I want you to take me to your favorite funeral home so I can make my funeral arrangements. 
And you knew they were serious then? I, I knew. I said, okay, I said, I'm going to find out when I take him to this funeral home. I took him to DeSalle Funeral Home on South 13th Street. And that right there, they made their funeral arrangements while I stood right there, and they talked to the funeral director. And after the funeral, after that was done and taken care of, he said, now, brother, look, here's what I want you to do for me, too. He said, I want you to get your grandmother and your grandfather and your children and your, your, your little bitty children, your big children, all your children, and your brothers and your sisters. He said, I want everybody out here. I don't want anybody, nobody to bring one weapon, please. No weapons. We don't have any. When we get there in Block Street, we're going to open all the doors on the cars, and we're going to open the trunk. And I want you and Linwood to inspect the car. And they did that on that paper day in January. And I looked into the trunk of the car, and I looked in the car. There's a picture of me someone sent me of myself leaning on that car that day before the end started. Okay, as soon as we finished reviewing the car, we, Linwood walked back over. Linwood was telling me, he said, man, these brothers are serious about doing this. And all of a sudden, we saw a scuffle going on in front of the Temple Theater, right in the little lobby area. And I was like, what the hell is that? What's going on over there? And we ran over, and they had beat the hell out of a white news reporter because they didn't want any white people there. Because it started off, there was a black news reporter there, and I don't know. The next thing we knew, there was a white, uh, Bob Johnson was his name. Uh, they beat him to a point where he couldn't work anymore. Yeah, uh, and uh, we didn't want that to happen. They didn't want that to happen either. So the police came, and we stand in there, and it, <laughs> we stood there, and we waited, and waited. The police came. They would talk to him, and now, uh, so I said, "Well, okay, they're just gonna arrest these guys, take them to jail, and anything, and this is gonna be over." So I got in my car. And I went back to the community center. When I got back to the center, the call said, you got to get back up the North Boulevard right away. I said, what, what's going on? He said, man, the, the police are shooting the boys. I got back in the car, drove back down there, parked my car right across this railroad track by what used to be Sunbeam Bakery. This shooting going on, there are state police over here by the state, by, and this, this wasn't publicized. There were state police by the Sunbeam Bakery. They didn't stop me. I walked down the sidewalk by the meat packing company, past this gas station, past this restaurant called Rose and Thomas, back up to where they were. All this shooting going, I didn't get hit by a bullet one time. All this, this, this shooting. They were still shooting. When you, you got out of your, you, you left your job and you got there and still was shooting. Yeah. Now, they say that the Muslims were shooting. I don't know how. However, they did get a black reporter to say that he saw guns. I saw guns, stupid guns. I saw the police had them. Who's the reporter saying that? Uh, his name is Henry Baptiste. Oh, no. Okay. And I never saw. I never saw. I never saw them pull a gun. And, uh, and when we searched the cars, there were no guns. Where they where they got guns from, I don't know. They didn't have the guns on their person. They taught. Matter of fact, they taught us. They taught Linwood, Percy Spears, and I how to do a Muslim search, which was quite different from a police search, because I've been searched by many police. <laughs> and the way that they taught us to search was under the arms, down the waist, down the back, rub hard, feel, go down the side of the thighs, okay? Go up between the legs, almost to the crotch, and then back down to the ankles and search. Search the shoulders all the way down to the wrist. No guns. We didn't find anything on them. However, the shooting started, and well, the shooting was going on. So after the shooting stopped, I said, okay, I'm going back to the service center. And I turned around and I head back and I heard pop, pop. And I looked over and I saw someone I knew, a guy named Jerry Johnson. And I was like, what the hell is Jerry doing over there? 
So since there was no shooting going on, now, now I can safely cross the street behind Simpson's gas station. And that's where the shooting was going on. And when I walked up, Jerry didn't move. He stood there for a minute and I saw a figure of someone. And when that person turned around and looked at me, it was the chief of police. And Jerry was holding his arm and he told me, okay, chief, that's enough. And he walked away, he looked at me and I turned around and walked away and I looked back, he was walking away as though he was escorting the chief, which made me know that, okay, Jerry was an informant. However, Jerry wasn't involved, I knew him in the community and everything, and he had pretended to be involved, you know, with the civil rights movement and all. He was always around listening and, you know, talking about blackness and the faithful handshake and all. He knew it all, you know. And, but he, we found out later he had learned that in Job Corps, uh, that he hadn't been to the military. And he wasn't involved directly in the civil rights. I was disappointed because, because now I know, you know, that this brother is an informant, you know. So, someone you thought you can depend on. Well. They had the interests of the community. That was, a, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't, the spirit, I'm, I'm, I'm spirit guided. I was raised by old folks and they taught me how to listen to the spirit. And there was something about him that I didn't trust. Okay. okay. So I never engaged him in anything that we were doing at all. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I talked to him and all and uh, talk about what he was engaged in and what he was involved, but he was involved with another group uh, from the area we call the park. Some guys over in the 22nd, 20, 22nd 23rd Street and all down to uh, uh, 33rd Street, guys who lived in that area. Uh, a guy named Jimmy Marshall. And then those guys had just come back from the war and they were disappointed. They'd been to the war, sacrificed their life. Some of them got shot, wounded and all that. Come back here and couldn't find a job. So there's another thing for us to protest about. We're working on that. Uh, so uh, he was kind of involved with them. They all, now Jimmy and his group, they ultimately disrupted the city council meeting and demanded jobs and demanded better treatment for blacks in the city. The same one that with the police? The well, no, police? He, he was, he was, he was, he was kind of, uh, I guess, not necessarily involved with them, but he hung around with them all the time. And later on, we found out that he was not necessarily a part of that group, he, but because he lived in that part of town, he always hung out with them. And then maybe, you know, he was trying to just find the information that he could take back to the police. Now, he said on that faithful day, when you walked walked over there when you saw him mm -hmm. you say you heard you heard a couple of shots there was a muslim man on the ground behind the gas station and the cop the, uh, the, the chief, chief of police emptied his gun into that boy while jerry was standing there holding his arm the boy was wounded he was on the ground trying to crawl and who, who arms jerry was holding the chief of police eddie bauer eddie bauer mm-hmm and it was the most cheap, and I made eye contact. And I walked away and got in my car, and I went back to the, to the center. And uh, the seatbelt asked me, you know, okay, what was going on? And it took me a minute to get it all out because I had to process everything. I mean, it was just, I, it took me a while to get back to the center. I had to stop and park my car for a while and just, absorb all this, everything that I had just seen. I just saw 14 black people murdered. 14? Yeah. And the ones who survived were sent to prison for murder. <laughs> but then they were sent to prison for being black. That's all they were sent to prison for. Because, I mean, they blocked the street, okay? Yeah, that was a violation of the law, but it wasn't a criminal offense, you know? Uh, based on what I understand, the, the way that the shooting started was that one of the cops hit one of the Muslims, and it was the shortest one who they re didn't realize he was the karate expert, and he went to work on that cop. <laughs> so he lost, he lost that fight. Yeah, and that's when the shooting started. Right after you left. Yeah, but they wanted to start shooting anyway because they had to take that news report to the hospital. And that was un unfortunate because 
The Muslims didn't want that to happen, and neither did I. But they knew it was a great chance they was going to die. Exactly. Day. So that, 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 that the, was the button the, they needed. The, the one who, who came and met with you, he was, he's one of the ones who died that yeah. day? Yeah. Samuel, uh, yeah, the, the, the Muslim, the, the minister. Well, he, what was his name? Samuel Upton. Upton. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but he was one of the ones who died. And uh, the, the uh, funeral, they were buried, you know, with, their funerals were held and everything. In Baton Rouge? Yeah. But they weren't from Baton Rouge? No. Uh, some were from Philadelphia and some were from New Jersey. And they, he took, they came to die. They came down they for came. the benefit of the people, of, of the people to, in the community. Yeah. Who there's no, they're not even from the bedroom. Right. Or Louisiana. Right. How did you deal with this? Thing? Well, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was, it was, it was, it was tough. It was really, it was really, really tough. I mean, I'm still dealing with it. I'm dealing with it because of the fact of all the lies that were told. I'm dealing with it because of the fact that the lives that were lost, I mean, just like you got 14 of them and you got about 100 policemen, I mean, you got, suppose you got a football game, you got 14 guys on one team and 100 guys and all of them on the field at the same time. Who the hell is supposed to win? So they, they didn't have, have a fighting chance in the first place. But they knew that. They knew it. They knew it. And they prepared. They were prepared to take to make the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, to show us what white people thought of us in the South. And we have Mr. Charlie Granger. Welcome to Count Time, Mr. Granger. Get back to where we were with the day of January the tenth. Uh, like I said, I want to be part of. And I was just another body among hundreds of people who got the word and they did show up. They did show up at the theater and when I uh, walked out of the theater from the speeches that was made. Well, who were making speeches? The, the Muslims. They had, uh, uh, they had individuals that spoke very well saying, uh, what Baton Rouge was and how the white folks was controlling what was ours. And they was there to give it back to us. So when they finished, they said they was going outside, block the streets off because they were told not to block the streets off. So they was going outside to block the streets off and that's what they did. What street did they block? They blocked North Boulevard off in front of the Temple Theater. That was possibly the 1100 block of North Boulevard, somewhere around up in there. Yeah, and now they have a, uh, uh, a overpass sitting right there. Yeah, the overpass is sitting right there. Yeah. So the cover, the hide and cover up what happened 50 years ago. Right? Yeah, <laughs> make sure you pass by. Yeah, all right, all right. So. Now let's go with, the, with what happened. Okay, uh, uh, the the police fragments uh, was not really together because they we had the sheriff department that was coming in late, the city police was coming in late, the state police was coming in late. They really did not have a good support system. They had a few uh, people out there trying to disperse uh, the Muslims and. Uh, one of the things that you're interested in when, when Henry Baptiste, the press was coming in and, and the white man that was, what's his name? Johnson. Johnson. Uh, the reporter named Johnson. The reporter named Johnson who was said he was beaten, hit uh, in the head uh, by people that was at the rally. And I was here to tell you that I walked out of the building the same time Johnson and Henry Baptiste walked out and the people outside did not get served to serve with Johnson and Henry until they saw them laughing at the crowd. They were saying, wow, they, they got all these people out here 
and they was kind of laughing. And there were some blacks didn't know why they was laughing and what they were saying. And they want to know what they thought was funny. And they didn't even think it was funny, so they got angry. And that anger started them trying to get to Henry and Johnson. They wanted to hit them upside the head with their hands. And they couldn't reach them with their hands, so they started taking their belts off and slinging their belts at their heads. And uh, I was in between all of that. I was more than two feet away. I was all, at, at one time or another, I was shoulder to shoulder. But the pushing and the forces that comes with a crowd pushing caused some other action. Uh, people start falling down because of the guys that were trying to hit the guy with the belt. And it, it started a kind of a rioting kind of a thing. And before Johnson and Henry could uh, uh, make 10 steps away from the doorway that they stepped out of, uh, there was a lot of pushing on them. And the thing that really happened to Johnson was that he was pushed against a large garbage can. It was unfortunately that his head hit the corner of that large garbage can and split his head wide open. No one hit him in the head and bust his head open. It was the pressure from the rioting that caused that particular. You saw that? I, I, I'm looking right at it when it split his head open. I was looking at his head when it was cut to the bone. I was looking right there at it. And they towered him down and got him out of there and brought him to the next building, which is about 50 yards away. Who brought Who took him out of there? Uh, Henry. Henry took him out of there, and Henry didn't need no help. Nobody followed them. And they went to well, what was probably a barbershop or something uh, next door or nightclub. It was a black business or something. They went next door and... and put towels around his head to try to stop the blood. And uh, that whole thing of Johnson getting hit upside the head, he went to court for years. I went behind the grand jury. I told the grand jury what really happened. You, you, you did go before the grand jury? I did, go, I did go before the grand jury. I wanted to go before the grand jury. That was going to be my part. And what happened that day. I think some of the grand jury heard what I was saying. Uh, some didn't want to hear it because they wanted to go down. But the man was beat to death, I guess. But he wasn't? No. We have Major Reginald Brown. Welcome to Count Time. Oh, he said you just got back from Puerto Rico and you were driving off a truck? Yeah, yeah, I just come back. See, I went Joe Delpin had a band, the 13th Amendment that he sponsored, put up the money and everything for her, and I managed them. And we've been on a USO tour, even if it was at, at a range for us to go uh, on a USO tour for the United States um, Marine, no, the United States Air Force. We were at Raymond Air Force Base in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And we had just got back. We were over there for the Christmas holidays and New Year. And we had just got back. And the equipment came into the airport in Baton Rouge. And we rented the truck to go to the airport to pick the equipment up. But after we picked the equipment up and dropped it off, I was bringing the truck back. Simpsons at that time was right next door to the Triple Theater. And I came, brought the truck back. And I saw the people out there. And I asked the brother, I said, man, what the hell going on? He said, man, Muslims, I said, you, 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 I said, well, I just got back to town. He said, oh, man, Muslims, they're, they're, they're making a stand here. And I said, oh, boy, I said, well, I said, let me get the hell out of here. I said, I got my mother right over at that uh, bus Exxon. And uh, I said, I, well, I brought this truck back, I said, Oh, they go get them fire hoses and start shooting water. And that's what he said. He said, man, there ain't going to be no fire hoses. It might be fire, but there ain't going to be no water fire hoses. I, I said, what? 
I said, oh, shit, let me get it. So as I, as I walked all the way down, almost where, where the Muslims were standing up, I stood up right there where Eames was with that hat on. And I turned around and walked back. On my way back, I had almost got almost to the um, Bernard's chicken house. I mean, a, a place. And Bernard's right next door to Buff, a service station. And man, all of a sudden, I was like, pow, pow. I jumped on the ground, shit. And, 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 and I, me and another guy, I, 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 and I'll tell you more about that, Linwood West. Linwood, uh, and I was, uh, man, because he was right by me, he walked, a, man, crawl up to the door, and I'm bamming on the door, say, hey, open the door, let us in your shit. Open the goddamn door. We crawled, we crawled in there. And got behind that door, and after we got after after everything it looked like it was an hour, but what's it called? Man, about fifteen minutes. I said, fifteen minutes was like an hour. Uh, we got up to walk out, man. It was it was foggy, cloudy, helicopters in the air, and everything. And and we walked out the door in front of Bernard and two bodies of the. The deputy was laying right in right in front, and right. so when right, I right, in front, I'm the, right in front of the restaurant, but no, yeah, yeah, right from the front door. I mean, they were you know they were in the street, but you know the the sidewalk, the little neutral ground, and then the street and, at the curb. And I looked, I said, "Oh my God!" And 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 um, um, Constantine Ambulance Service. Off of uh, Laurel Street, backing up there in the big old orange, white, I uh, mean white and orange, uh, a thing, uh, Amelian. So that's what, and and the guy said, man, please help, help, help me pick these people. I help pick both of them deputies up and put them on on it on it on the bed when he took off with them. Uh, both of the two deputies who died, I help pick them up and put them on the bed. Me and Linwood, me and Linwood West, never forget that. And I stood, and I looked, and then I went and looked for my mother. I said, and mother was it next door inside the service station. I said, oh, no, mother, I said, I'm so sorry. And she said, oh, 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 Bush, oh, Lord, how am I? I said, come on, mother, let's go. And drive a, a red 68 Chevrolet, two door. And I said, come on, mother. I got there, and we got there. Well, it was a while before we left, but we were able to get out. I was right there. I mean, right there. I, mean, it's, it's, I saw it's, all of the action where they, where they be. Well, it was a while before we left because you couldn't get out. No, I. So, so it, it, was, yes, it, was, it was it was that much shooting going on. Man, it wasn't. Man, um, well, I tell you what, on my way walking, uh, on my way, walking back, coming toward the the Bernard's, the, the the law enforcement group was walking down there, and um, it was uh, I think for case the chief of police name, man. Bowers, 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 Eddie Bowers, Eddie that's right, Eddie. Eddie, they walked down there, and um, um. Eddie, um, what's, uh, what's going on down there? Fat, could they call me Albert? Fat Albert, that's what they would call me. And I, I say, I don't know, man. I said, but see, I'm going to get the hell out of here. And I, and I was, I was, you know, just smiling, walking up there because he had seen me. And I said, wait, just before I could get to the damn. I turned around and I looked a bit. I know. Turned around, looked a minute, and they were and they were standing up face to face with them. And all of a sudden, man, the sons started to fighting and shit. And I, I can tell you who did what because I when I looked, they they, 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 they were fighting. And I hauled ass, and then I went pow pow. And the, 
I said, oh, shit. And that's when I, that's when I went and jumped on that ground. I laugh about that now. What laughing at? Laugh about that also. I said, man, I was on my knees. I was on my knees crawling and bamming on the bottom of the door, not the top, the bottom of the door. Look at that damn door. They they close they close the door and, and the shit is one and I'm I'm saying let me in. Me and Linwood was both crawling there and stay and got behind that door on the floor. Now I tell you something else and uh, only a few people well from, oh, a few people know because the guy the minister uh, who uh, the local Muslim minister from here I think. And he's, I thought I know his son said, yeah, I don't know if he's still living or not, but he worked in the LSU. I think he worked in the cafeteria or something. Anyhow, Gilbert's funeral home was downtown, right next door to the old state capitol. That's where Gilbert's funeral home was. Oh, okay. The two guys that were killed out there instantly on the street, Samuel Upton, who was the leader of that group, Tall son of a black guy named Samuel Upton. And I can't think of the other guy's name, but both of them were uh, killed right there. And they had them at Gilbert's funeral home. Well, Minister Lewis, I think his name was Minister Lewis, he, had, he, he knew I was a freelance photographer. He said, um, and I, he, he said, uh, Reggie Brown, I need some help. I said, what you need? He said, um, I need you to come take some pictures from me and we'll pay you. I said, oh, what you, pictures of what? He said, um, meet me at the, um, and I'll give us your home. I said, give us your home? He said, yeah, I need some, just meet me there and I'll, I'll explain. Well, they had Muslims standing on the outside there. They, they, they they were working security, letting who could go in and who could not go in. I mean, they were protecting it. So I said, um, he told me when I got there, he, he came and got me, brought me in. Told me I have my cameras and everything. I said, I need pictures of those two deceased people laid out. And I had never seen nothing like that before in my life. Where they turned the casket a different way, and it took picture uh, the, 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 the holy picture that's up there they put the quarter moon up over, over in the background oh okay and he said uh he, he said um minister farrakhan minister um elijah muhammad that's right the honorable minister elijah muhammad that's what he needs he wants copies of this even though he wants pictures of this and so i'm saying i said oh, okay not a problem I shot up almost half a roll of film and got it. And so um, when I finished, he said, um, okay, um, whatever I want you just let me know. Wind it up and give me the film. I said, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going a, I'm to a develop them. And I'll give you some. I got to have the film. Oh. I said, no. Nah. I see I said, man, he said, nah, I'm, he said, I'm following strict instruction. They don't want these, in, and they didn't want them devils at all in there to take no bed for the call wife up. Want no devils in there. And I said, and when he said it like that, and I knew him real well, and he's been the local minister, and he worked at LSU. I said, I said, okay. I said, don't worry about it. He said, look, whatever I said, don't worry about no price, man. I said, you know, you and I, we 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 we, we together. I'm, I did this for you. Don't worry about it. And he said, man, you know, well, you're dead. Uh, I said, you don't owe me anything. I said, I did this for you. They don't even need to know who I am. I run roll of film, even that film. I, I was, what's it gonna say? Hey, you. I said, man, nothing I can do. I said, and I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna defy him like that. And I know they didn't want them spread, but yep. And I think the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wanted it because 
allegedly, I don't know this, allegedly, that was a renegade group of Muslims. That's what I was, that's what I was told, but didn't verify. That was a renegade group. And they, they wanted, he wanted those pictures for, uh, of the deceased. Now, Upton was the leader of that group. Now, both of them sons that died, they buried up in Southern Memorial Funeral because I went up there with the funeral. Oh, they, they, they buried right there in Baton Rouge? Yeah, they're up in Southern Memorial. Where, yeah. Where, where Southern Memorial? I know exactly where they buried. Where where, uh, sure. where, where, where Southern Memorial? Yeah, on, on Blood Road. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where that's where my mom and my son there and everything. Yeah, they been right there at Southern Memorial. Matter of fact, you can go to the office at Southern Memorial and ask them for Upton U P T O N Samuel. I think it's Samuel P Upton. But and I can't think of the other Muslim name, but both of them buried that. And the way they buried them, you know, they don't you 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 don't you don't bury them uh I think I think you buried them with with the sun and their face. I'm not sure, but they buried differently from the way other folks are buried. But but uh it, it, they're right there Southern Merle on Blood Road. I think they got to be facing the east, sir. Yeah, I think it is. Yep. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was right there. And now the other guys that was out there, then, I know AG did. Um, uh, oh, uh, um, Wes is dead. A whole bunch. A whole bunch of guys that, you know, we, we I, and when I tell you, I'm trying to think. Well, the two deputies that got killed, um, I didn't. You know, I wasn't working at the sheriff office then. I I didn't I didn't know them. You know, but um, I helped them. I helped pick, like I said, helped pick them up, put them on that on that bed on that bed. No. Oh yeah, I you they, oh yeah they're right. I can, I give you a complete tally on this. <laughs> they just about to man, call Major Brown. Major Brown was uh, it was part of that. And I don't know what I don't quite remember what, but I know he he know a lot about it. So I said, let me call call my pop and see what's going on. But that was pretty interesting, huh? And you had, and you just happened to be around there. You weren't planning on going there. Did they die in vain? No. As far as I'm concerned, no. They didn't die because they brought about awareness. However. <laughs> it, it's not funny, but it's really pathetic. Uh, the punishment that came. Uh, most of the bit at that time, before that happened, North Boulevard was pretty much the black mecca. It was the black people's strip, kind of like a the, the like a New York strip or the Vegas strip. All the entertainment, nightclubs, movie theater, restaurants, all of that that place, that street came alive. What street was that? At night, North Boulevard. North Street, that was, that was the, the spot. Right, right. So a lot of people who still live here feel to believe that that beautiful overpass that they built, the road they built on top of North Boulevard, is to cross the railroad track. Well, North Boulevard wasn't used uh, with heavy traffic through the weekend where Government Street was. That's where the overpass should have gone, to cross over the train. But they put it. They put it on North Boulevard because they didn't want to drive anymore through the shame. Because they know what they did right there at that corner. So right where that overpass is is where. The, That's the, where it all went down. At the start of that overpass, exactly. Coming, coming, and all coming from downtown. Right, and all those businesses, all those black businesses, that were there in that area, they were out of business, including the black newspaper, the News Leader. So that, that was the punishment to the locals. And to cover up and to cover up crime and injustice. Exactly. And it, again, it, it will never leave my mind. Because you see something like it's just like it was like a, a soldier being in war. A soldier never forget his experience in war. 
You never forget those confrontations, those battles. And they can tell you the odor, they can tell you how everything smelled, how it looked, and everything. But then, uh, after it was all over, it started raining. It wasn't supposed to rain that day. It started raining. Watch all that blood run Ooh. down the drain and down the street. I can imagine the blood that was out there. Of course. And they weren't in a hurry for the morticians to come get them. Let them lay there for a while, make sure they did. In the sun, huh? Yeah. Well, it was January, so yeah. It was cool, it was kind yeah. of a cool day. Yeah. And uh, after it was all over, um, the ones who survived, they, again, they took them to court and they tried with murder and sent him, gave him life in prison. Now, who they murdered? Them, them, they, they murdered their counterparts. I guess, you know, they figured, you know, you survived, so you're responsible for their death. We hope you enjoyed the show today, we, and we hope we was able to shed some light on an event that happened in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, January the 10th, 1972. And we hope you enjoyed the men who was able to share the best they can with they remember what happened at that time. But we thank uh, all our other guests, uh, Mr. Moses Williams. We also thank Mr. Charlie Granger and also uh, Major Reginald Brown for being part of Count Time today from sharing what they remember, what they recollect, and, uh, and how that affected them at that point in time to this day. And, uh, but also, the, any men that was there that day was part of the Black Muslim, we would love to be able to share, hear your side, and to learn more about why y'all showed up. So if you want to, please, you can count us, uh, contact us at ldazober at counttime4pm.org. L D Azobra A D L D L like in Larry D like in David A like in Apple Z like in Zebra O like in Orange B like in Boy R like in Ray A like in Apple again at C O U N T T I M E the number four pm.org LD is over at counttime4pm.org Contact us if any more questions, if anybody want to share their story, anybody would have been would have been there. Maybe we can get, get some more dialogue going about this and how we can, you know, keep this thing going and learn more about what happened and why it happened. Maybe we maybe count time and get down to the bottom of this, to what they call a nitty-gritty we can figure out what happened and why it happened. Thank you again for joining Count Time. Man can shackle the hand, the man can shackle the feet, but only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time. <laughs>